Welcome back to the Homemakers and Business Podcast. You are listening to episode 30, woot woot, <laughs> Bookkeeping Basics for Small Business Owners with Erica Millard. So my guest today is a new business friend of mine who I've actually gotten to meet in person, which is super rare if you're in the online space, and it was just a joy to meet her. We had such a good time. But anyway, Erica is a bookkeeping coach who loves teaching female business owners how to manage their own books and actually understand numbers in order to make smart business decisions. She currently lives in Birmingham, Alabama with her husband and three kids. When she's not working, she enjoys being outside with her family or checking out new ice cream shops, which is so fun. We talk about that in the episode a little bit too. In this episode, we talk about Erica's pivot from being a full-service bookkeeper to being a bookkeeping coach. Uh, She talks about using spreadsheets and when to transition to a software as well as giving tips on how to make your finances a little bit more fun. (laughs) So let's get right into it. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Homemakers and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Duke. I'm a dedicated wife, homesteader, and brand and website designer here to encourage fellow legacy-minded homemakers on their entrepreneurial journey. In this podcast, we're not just talking business. We're exploring the art of blending homemaking and entrepreneurship. From candid chats with other homemakers in business to motivating solo episodes, each week you'll find something to inspire you along your way to building a business that truly aligns with your values and dreams. Whether you're stepping into the world of entrepreneurship for the first time or are a seasoned business owner, you're in good company. Expect real conversations, actionable advice, and a friendly space where you're not just a listener, but a member of our supportive community. By the end of each episode, you'll be inspired, encouraged, and empowered to step confidently toward your life and business goals. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Homemakers in Business podcast. Today, I've got a great new friend and business owner, Erica, with me today. Uh, We're going to be talking all about her business journey and DIY bookkeeping. She is a bookkeeping coach, and Erica, would you like to... Tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do, who you help, just whatever you want to tell us. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm Erica, and we recently moved to Birmingham, Alabama. So Stephanie and I actually got to meet in person, which was so fun. Um, and my, I'm married, and I have three kids with a fourth on the way. Um, and I have an accounting background and started out in full service bookkeeping. Um, but now I love helping those who are DIYing their bookkeeping. So those that can't quite afford a full service bookkeeper, but still need that support and want to actually understand their finances and get their bookkeeping all organized and ready for tax season. So those are the people that I love helping. And I do that in a few different ways, which we may talk about later. But, um, and when I'm not working, I love being with my kids. I have three with a fourth on the way and we like to, we all really like sweet treats. So we're pretty much in any ice cream or cookie places that you can find nearby. (laughs) Um, and then we love to be outside too, and it's not blazing hot here. So any outdoor festivals or activities or nature things, that's where you can usually find us. I love that. You'll have to tell me about all the sweet shops and stuff that you found in Birmingham since you moved because I live a little bit, for everyone that doesn't know, I live about an hour north of Birmingham. So I'm familiar with 
the area, but it's usually going for like events or something at like the BJCCs. So I'm not super familiar with like the local places. So that's something fun you'll have to tell me about later. <laughs> yeah, we definitely could. We we have a list already now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So let's start back at the beginning of your business. You said you have an accounting background and you uh, soon started out actually doing accounting for small businesses or did you work for a corporation or something? Just how did you transition from accounting to being a bookkeeping coach? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I started out in accounting because I wanted to be in the FBI actually. They at the time were recruiting for (laughs) white collar crimes because that was getting becoming more and more of a thing. And so they needed special agents and with the accounting background. So I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. I'm this like five foot two blonde girl. Like no one would (laughs) suspect me. (laughs) Um, And so anyway, so that's still like an unfulfilled dream, I guess. But um, yeah, so I went into accounting and then worked in both public and private accounting for several years. And then when I got pregnant, I knew that I wanted to be home with my son. And it's funny, you know, looking back. So at the time, I asked my job if I could work from home for a few days, and they said no, um, which is funny now because the whole accounting department works from home permanently now, but things were different then. And so I had considered starting my own business, but I just wasn't really sure if that's exactly what I wanted to do, if I wanted to be my own boss and like not really have someone overseeing things. Um, But it kind of through a crazy story, I was sitting in Starbucks with a girl that I had babysat when she was little and she was about to go to college. And so she was thinking about going into accounting. So she asked if we could just meet together to talk about the different opportunities and jobs that you can do in accounting. And so a man overheard us talking and leaned over and he said, well, I don't I could really use someone and I don't care if they work from home. And so that became my first client. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was just a crazy story that just kind of propelled me into starting my own business. And then my full service bookkeeping just grew honestly by word of mouth. I didn't do any marketing, which is also crazy. Looking back on, I had just a profile in QuickBooks that people could find me. And so Again, through kind of crazy stories, like the venue that we got married at was looking for someone, found me on that directory and was like, oh, we know her. And so they hired me for a while. And then anyway, so I just had several stories like that. And so I did that for several years. And over time, I just started to feel bored. (laughs) I started to feel unfulfilled. Like, I think I have some other giftings that just aren't quite being utilized, but I didn't really know what else that would look like. So I thought about abandoning bookkeeping altogether and doing some other things. And so anyway, thankfully, at just the right time, I found a retreat to go to. Um, Shout out to the Society of Women Business Owners. Um, I went to that retreat and it um through through that they just helped me realize i had never like identified who an ideal client was really who i enjoyed working with and so i quickly found that like nobody i was working with was really like the perfect fit and 
so anyway, so I left that retreat thinking, okay, I want to work with like high level, very successful female business owners and help them understand their financials and like really get into strategy and things like that. And then I found as I started marketing my business for the first time, who I really connected with was more other mompreneurs, other people that wanted a balance between working from home and running their business, or they had some kind of just passion and purpose that really started their business and they didn't really mean to start a business necessarily. It was just kind of like this fun hobby or thing that started that turned into something that made a lot of money. And so within a few months, I had probably three or four different people say, well, I can't afford a full service bookkeeper, but could you just teach me how to use QuickBooks? Or could you just look at my spreadsheet and make sure it's not like really wrong? Or can you just help me understand? Like, I see these reports, but I don't know what they mean. And so I started to think, okay, well, maybe there's something here. And so I started to research, well, who is helping this population of people that aren't quite ready for a full service bookkeeper, but are doing their own bookkeeping and just need some guidance. And I really didn't see a ton out there. And so I kind of threw together a few coaching packages in the beginning just to see what it could potentially become. And after all of those calls, I was like, this is so fun. I could do this all day. <laughs> and I think, it, you know, it just helped me. It was cool to see because I, like I mentioned, I kind of felt like I had some giftings that were unused. And I think it's a rare person that can teach accounting. Like there's not a lot of accountants. Typic, you know, stereotypically accountants are very good at being in the details, not always the best people people or ex explainers. And so anyway, so it just felt like, okay, maybe this is part of what makes me unique and different is that I can take these complicated principles and break them down and make them easier for people to understand. And so anyway, it's been a couple years now that I'm still, to be honest, I'm still, you know, tweaking things, trying to get services and packages just right, but I love supporting and educating people that we can actually, you can actually understand the numbers. I think a lot of times in the industry, we get told like, we'll just leave that to the experts. And there's definitely some principles and complicated accounting things, but for the most part, for the everyday business owner, there's plenty of stuff that you can understand and do yourself. And so that's what I'm really passionate about educating and bringing to people is you can feel empowered to understand the basics to make better decisions. Amazing. You know, as a brand and website designer, um, <laughs> the thing that stuck out to me most about your story just now is how much you know your unique differentiating factor. Like, you know what sets you apart from other bookkeepers, other accountants, and you've really started to capitalize on that and built your own special business around it. And it looks like that's going really well for you. Thanks. Yeah. You know, if anyone else is kind of in that place, it's, it is a little intimidating at first because I didn't really see a ton of people doing it. Like I even struggled to know, like, what do I even call myself for a while? Because just getting like the title or whatever, like I don't really fit in this bucket, but I don't really fit in this bucket. And how do you 
like specifically speak to those people. So anyway, I will say, like I said, it's still kind of a work in progress in some things because it's not quite defined, but I think there are more and more people now serving this population of people too. So I'm not like the only one out there like I felt like I was in the beginning. Yeah. That's awesome, though, that you're serving such a small niche, though, that it has taken a while for you to find others like yourself, even though it is a really needed thing that you're doing. Um, that for myself, I don't have an account. I mean, I have an accountant that works on my, like, my tax stuff, but I don't have a bookkeeper that works with me every month. I do my own books. Um, so I'm definitely your target audience. Um, and something that I love that you started doing recently is your podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because you're doing an amazing job of breaking down all of these complicated bookkeeping terms and like making people feel more comfortable with their numbers. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my show is Get Comfy with Numbers. And in in that show, I just really want to help break down all of the financial jargon, anything that feels intimidating or stuffy, or like I kind of said, like, oh, that's for the experts. I really try to take some of those topics and make it more practical and realistic so that you can look at your reports and know, okay, that's kind of what these words mean. This is what it's supposed to be telling me. And then I, in certain episodes, I show you, okay, well, here's some other things to be looking at so that you can start to get more comfortable. Honestly, just looking at the reports can take a big step <laughs> if you're not used oh, yeah. <laughs> to, if you're not used to looking at it consistently or even at all, um, you can start to look and see, okay, well, maybe these are terms that I need some help with, or maybe I don't quite understand why this is happening or so anyway, so on my show, I give some tips for, okay, if you're new start out, start to look at these things and you'll see either trends or you'll see, you'll, I'll give you some questions to ask of maybe you don't need to be doing this, but you need to be doing this instead. And so again, just really helping people get comfortable so that they feel empowered to be able to look at it and then make decisions for themselves. And I totally respect what bookkeepers do, but I do think there is a time and a place in your business where you need to know it for yourself so that you can make decisions and not just feel like people are advising you on what to do, but you don't really understand why. And so through just different conversations with people, I hear kind of two things frequently. The first is that well, I hired this bookkeeper, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So I don't really know if they know what they're doing, but I don't know how to know if they are doing what they're supposed to be doing because I don't know anything about it. And so that is kind of a red flag to me. Like if you don't know the basics, if you don't know the basics, then it's really hard to assess if someone is one, helping you and supporting you, but then two, advising you in the right direction. So anyway, all that to say, I, I, I love supporting people that for a season, it, it's right for you to understand it and do it yourself also so that you can understand and respect and feel good about paying a bookkeeper because then you'll know, wow, this is all of the stuff that they're doing for me. Oh, I totally agree with that. I started um, like taking my books seriously and actually like trying to figure out what I didn't know probably 
let's see, we're going into 2024. So probably three years ago, this will be going into my fifth year of business. Um, and I'm still doing my books on my own. I don't feel like I'm at a place where I need, um, I don't have enough transactions. It's not complicated enough that I need someone to be doing this for me. So I'm trying to allocate that money for other things. And I already have my eye on a bookkeeper that I want to work with eventually, but it's probably going to be a little ways down the road before I do that. So I love what you're doing. Like I've been listening to your podcast every time you drop a new episode because it's so helpful to someone like me that's doing it on their own. And like I use zero for my bookkeeping software and there's so many tabs, so many things you can do, so many reports you can make. And I'm like, there's just so much to be confused by that it's hard to know what is actually important to um, to be familiar with at this point in business. So your podcast has been really helpful in that and your Instagram account and all that good stuff that you do. Thank you. Yeah, I hope to be that stepping stone. So like I said, even if ultimately your goal is to hire a bookkeeper, I think that's great. And there's a time and a place that you need that in your business. But until then, I hope to be that support in between so that you have you're not just left to Google because then that can be really frustrating. <laughs> you typically um, gear your message towards service providers, right? So not like e-commerce businesses or anything like that. Or do you work with those types of people? Yeah, I work mostly with service providers and or those that have like digital products, more online business. Um, but I actually just recently connected with someone that does something similar for product-based businesses. So I can share that info if there's any product-based listeners right now too. What made you decide to pivot your business from being a regular accountant that does people's books every month to coaching them through the DIY? What were the factors that uh, went into that? Yeah, I feel like there were lots of pieces that finally just came together. So the first one is just I was unfulfilled in what I was doing with full service bookkeeping. So I kind of had in the back of my mind, it's time for a change. And, you know, I think sometimes we can just get so caught in, well, this is the norm. This is just kind of how it is. And so sometimes I wish I had done it sooner, but I was just, I was content to just be okay for a while. And so I think you kind of have to get to that point if you're in that place where you're just, you're ready to figure something different out and make a change. And if you're not there, I think that's okay too. Um, but you have to like be ready for it because it was a lot of work. <laughs> I don't want to make it just yeah. sound like, oh, this was just like so easy. It, it's been a lot of work. Um, and then another factor. So when I started out just thinking through, okay, well, what is next? I feel like it was really helpful to have some insight from other people because like I mentioned, like I was ready to ditch bookkeeping altogether. Um, and so just having people ask you those just really thought provoking questions of, well, really, is it the people that you're working with? Is it the actual work? Is it that you're just burnt out and you need some help or support? Is it just that you need maybe some systems or some tech to do some of this stuff for you? Um, I actually still have 
a lot of people probably don't know this, but I still have a couple for full service bookkeeping clients. And now I just have a few assistants that help me with some of that work. And it's made it so much better. I enjoy it so much more <laughs> because I'm not doing all of like the nitty gritty stuff. And so anyway, so just having people ask you those questions, thinking through, well, what is it specifically about this that doesn't quite feel feel fulfilling? Um, And then I would say on the other spectrum was people started asking me for it. And and that was kind of the thing that I didn't expect. But if you start to really listen to the people that you're connecting with and really listen to what their problems are, listen to what they're asking. And if you start to see a theme, that's probably a great trigger of, okay, there's there's something there that you could probably sell. (laughs) Um, And so again, just having those people um, walk with me to say, okay, this is what I'm hearing from all of these people. Like, what could I package that into? What could this look like? Um, I feel like all of those factors kind of played into how I got to where I am today. But I also want to say it's taken a lot of trial and error. So it wasn't just like the first time I pivoted, the same, the package was amazing. Like <laughs> um, I had to really take a step and then figure out, okay, well, how did that go? Did I like this? Did I not like this part? What is this sustainable? You know, asking yourself all of those kind of questions. And so I have tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it over these last two and a half years. And it's still probably not exactly what it's going to be even in a year, um, if I'm being super honest. But I think that's also just part of business too, is being able to adapt to the times and what people are buying now and what they need now, because needs change, you know, even depend, like this economy has changed what business owners are doing too. And so it's kind of that balance too of like, sticking with something, but also being ready to adapt when it's necessary. I think sometimes that's hard to figure out which camp you need to be in. Um, But anyways, all of those factors definitely played into my pivot. Those are all great things for people to be on the lookout for if they're feeling that they need to make a change in their business too. Even if someone's like just starting out, like, you know, you want to have a business, but you don't know exactly what you want to do yet. Just try a bunch of things, see what sticks, pay attention to what your audience is saying that they want from you. I think that's something that a lot of people get hung up on is feeling like they don't know what to create because they're not listening to what people are telling them that they want them to create. Um, So I love that you mentioned listening to your audience's feedback that they were wanting this service from you. And so you created it for them. And that I think that's just a really good uh, thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And again, kind of speaking to that, I don't feel like people talk about enough. Like I had a couple packages that flopped. I had a couple things mm-hmm. that like, okay, this wasn't quite it. So let me go back. And then I've actually also done a bunch of market research and just really tried to talk to the people, ask surveys and questions. And I feel like that was has been a great driver too of, oh, okay, the people are saying consistently they want this thing. And so that has really helped me to feel 
more solid about which direction to go. So that was another thing. If you're kind of like, I don't really know if I should create this freebie or this freebie, or I don't know if I should do a podcast or a blog, or I don't know if I should do, just go ask the people that you ideally want to work with because a lot of times they have a lot of opinions. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I love that. All right. So now let's go ahead and get into the finance talk. So you talk about, um, in your podcast, especially you talk about wanting bookkeeping to be an empowering thing, especially if you're doing it yourself. So how can, can you explain how you came to view bookkeeping in this way? Like how, how you, uh, describe it as being fun and empowering and things like that? Yeah. So after, you know, part of my pivot was also just feeling honestly mad at the financial industry. (laughs) So I also had several conversations with people of, well, every time I talk to my CPA, I cry because I feel so dumb. Or I went to the bank and tried to open a bank account and they just like made me feel very belittled, like my business didn't matter, like I didn't know what I was doing. And so after hearing those themes over and over, I also just felt this new sense of passion and purpose of it does not have to be this way. Like we don't need to treat people this way, number one. And so I I also just want to publicly say like if you work with a CPA or any kind of financial professional that makes you feel like that, find a different one because there are some really good ones out there that don't act like that. Um, And so, yeah, so Again, just trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the best method for delivering that? Um, But I think, too, just seeing some of the transformations, even within the clients that I've helped so far of just, I had one lady who said, I just want you to know, like, I failed accounting in college. So every time I look at numbers, it feels so intimidating because that is what plays in my mind or lots of people will automatically say, well, I'm just not a numbers person or like, I'm not good at math or, you know, all of those types of themes. And so being able to help people see like that's where they started out. And then pretty quickly over just a session or two together, we can, once you understand how to use the system that you're using or even the spreadsheet that you're using and then being, hearing people say, oh, I was like so worried about this and I'm actually in a better spot than I thought I was or, oh, okay, this actually isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. It's just now I just needed to know the pieces to do or the pieces to where things were. And now that you're saying that, it's like, oh, that's not as hard as I thought. So I think there's a lot of mental and mindset things that go along with bookkeeping and money. And I think a lot of us bring our past experiences, our childhood, you know, there's so many factors that play into that, even college experiences like that one client. And so anyway, just being able to see the transformations pretty quickly continues to make me feel so passionate that like, this doesn't have to be that hard. (laughs) I totally relate to that client that you said failed a book or an accounting course because I failed a math course in college and that subsequently made me lose my scholarship. So I've had a lot of hangups around 
money and finances and bookkeeping and all that stuff. And not to mention, I just hate math. So <laughs> it's not even that I'm not good at it. I probably could be good at it if I really tried, but I just don't like it. Um, but finances are such a different thing because, I mean, we live our lives around the money that we make. It's what allows us to buy food and a house and all this stuff. So I think you're right. It's so important to get... <laughs> for lack of a better term, to just get over these hangups that we have and understand the things that we need to understand to be able to run our business well and therefore our lives better. Yeah. And so like one of my clients, she was a self-proclaimed, I'm not a numbers person. And her husband still helps her with some of her bookkeeping for her business. But she does now look at her reports. And she told me later, she's like, Erica, this is actually fun. So the same girl <laughs> yeah. who said that she wasn't a numbers person was like, this is actually fun because now I can look at a report. I can see how my business is doing. And then I can make decisions from that. So do I really need this subscription? Is this networking group really a return, like giving me the return that I signed up for? Are these ads actually working that I'm running? Are which of my packages are selling better than another? And maybe it's time to get rid of one because another one is doing so much better than another. All of those kinds of things you can't assess if you haven't been doing your bookkeeping. And then you can't assess if you don't know what to do when your bookkeeping is done. And so a lot of times I also see business owners, well, I filed my taxes, I did my bookkeeping for taxes, and so that's good enough. And that is a good step, but really if you want to feel empowered by the numbers and be able to make decisions, you got to take it a step further and actually look at those reports and start to learn the trends to look for, and the different questions even to just ask yourself when you're looking at it. So that is what I love helping people do. I am. It definitely helps you to be a more decisive business owner and feel like you have a little bit more control over all the aspects of your business. Because I mean, it, owning a business ultimately comes down to making a profit because if you're not making a profit, then you're not running a business or you're not running it very well. So it is so important to know these numbers and I just think it's so awesome that you're doing this the way that you are because it makes people like me that are not numbers people feel so much better about their numbers. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. So what is the most common misconception about bookkeeping that you hear and how would you like demystify that for people that are just starting? Yeah, I think a big one, I kind of hit on this before, but it's just like, oh, we need to leave that to the experts. And again, I kind of hate that phrase because in some ways, like I said, in some ways, yes, that's true. There are complicated factors. Honestly, I think a tax person is probably a better expert to invest in in the beginning. Um, personally, just because taxes change so frequently, and that's one thing you don't want to get on the IRS bad side. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one thing that frustrates me is just hearing that, oh, well, this is too comp too complicated for you. Like, just let us handle it. Um, there are so many things that the everyday person 
can understand with just a little bit of education. Um, I think a lot of the terms are confusing because so many things like even accountant and bookkeeper get interchanged all the time. And like, there's just so many terms that people throw around. Um, And I think that's one thing that is a disservice to people because then there's so many business owners that feel like, man, like I should know what all these words mean, but I don't really, and I don't really know how to ask without feeling really dumb because I'm probably the only one that doesn't know what that means. And so that's um, another thing that I hope to do with my podcast and just my Instagram community is be a safe place that like you can ask any question without any shame (laughs) because I would rather know Like what is actually confusing? Because even for me, I'm trying to, I try to break it down simply, but sometimes I even forget like, oh yeah, people don't even know like what that word means or so it's helpful to hear. Yeah. Could you explain that? Cause I don't really know. And so if you kind of need that place of just like that, you almost want to whisper it to because you don't want to feel dumb in a group setting. I'm your girl. Oh Yeah. My favorite part about your podcast is where you break down the jargon, like at the end of a podcast episode. That's so much fun because I learn something every time, even even if it's a term that I'm somewhat familiar with. I'm like, you said that so much more simply than I could have explained it or even Google could have explained it. So I love that about your podcast. Yay. Yeah. I feel like I need a fun name for it. So if anyone has an idea for demystifying financial jargon, that's kind of what I (laughs) have gone with now. But yeah, at the end of each episode, I try to take a term that is confusing or just used frequently and break it down in simple terms so that if you went and looked at a report or if somebody used that word in a conversation that you would feel like, oh yeah, okay, I know what that is. Yeah, love it. All right. So now let's talk a little bit more about actually DIYing your bookkeeping. So for someone that is just starting, like let's say that they're just starting a business or maybe they're a couple of years into business and they've just kind of loosely kept up with their finances. Maybe they still have um, their business expenses in with their personal account and things like that. Where is some place that they can begin to start doing their bookkeeping in a more correct way? Yeah. So one of the very first steps would be to open a business checking account. Um, Even if you want to just do a personal checking account that's separate, you really want to separate those personal and those business expenses, especially if you're an LLC, if that is your legal structure. Every time I post about this, attorneys chime in and they're like, yes, please tell people that if you're an LLC, you have to keep it separate because what a lot of people don't know is that if you, what they call commingle, which means if you mix your personal and your business expenses together too much, then it can actually basically make the LLC designation non-existent. So it really doesn't even protect you like you think it's going to, because you can't, we can't figure out, okay, well, what's business and what's personal. It's too confusing to see that. And so anyway, so that would be one of the first steps you, and that's where you might kind of struggle with your bank because banks don't always understand that like 
You can be a sole proprietor and run your business under your social security number. So sometimes that can get a little complicated, but just a separate account and then do your very best to run every business transaction through that separate account. So only use that card uh, when you're making purchases. Now, there's obviously situations for all of us when we're out and we don't have that card and we can make that work, but just start a new habit of only using that business account for business expenses. So that would be the very first step. And then another step is it's totally fine to use a spreadsheet for a while. I think people get really caught up in, do I need a spreadsheet? Do I need a software? Which software? Because there's so many options. And how do I learn this software? And so for a season of time, a spreadsheet totally works. And then most people ask me, well, when am I ready to graduate? to an accounting platform like QuickBooks, Zero, Wave, some of those things. And really it's when you're spending a lot of time manually updating that spreadsheet. So if you're typing in a ton of numbers, you know, for some businesses you have subscriptions and that's pretty much all of your expenses minus a couple things here and there. So that's where a spreadsheet is great because you can just drag that recurring expense all the way across and that's pretty easy. But when you start to get to several transactions a month that are just a little bit more complicated or you're just tired of updating the spreadsheet and making sure all the formulas are working right, then that's where a software can help automate some of that for you. So the cool thing and a couple of reasons why you might want to use a software would be it can automate some of those things for you. So like, let's say you have a Flowdesk email subscription. You can, for one time, set it to be, okay, every, so Flowdesk is advertising and marketing, let's say. That's the category that you pick. And then you can set a rule so that it always, anytime it sees Flowdesk, it will automatically categorize it to advertising and marketing for you. So anyway, it will just help you automate some of those things. Um, Also, if you start to need an invoicing platform, you can invoice through most accounting platforms. And when you start to need to pay contractors or payroll, that's another time where it's probably time a spreadsheet is, you you know, you can piecemeal things together for a while, but something all encompassing is a little bit easier to work with once you get to a certain point. Um, So those are kind of the first steps, just figuring out first, open that bank account, then figuring out, okay, what system or software I'm going to use. And then really my third tip is to make a plan to consistently do your bookkeeping. (laughs) Um, So set it in your calendar. Um, I have a podcast episode just about hacks to make it more fun and enjoyable. So you know, tying a fun treat or a fun reward for after you're do- you've done your bookkeeping. A lot of my clients have done that, especially in the beginning, just to develop the habit of actually doing it. Um, and then they don't really need it after a while. But when you're trying to form a new habit, it can be fun to have a treat or a reward or something. Some of my clients are the opposite and they're more motivated by pain. So they won't pay themselves until they've done their bookkeeping. And so I think that's another 
Um, harsh That's one. definitely motivating. It, yeah, harsh <laughs> one, but it works. Um, and so anyway, so several tips and tricks like that. But just if you can't do it monthly, if that feels too much, then at least start doing it quarterly and then kind of slowly build that muscle, that consistency muscle, and then move to monthly. And a lot of my clients, I mean, they can do their bookkeeping in less than an hour a month, including invoicing, if they actually just sit down and focus and get it done. And so at that point, it's really not even worth, can I even say this? It's really not even worth hiring a bookkeeper if it only takes you like about an hour. Um, so that is my goal for most people is just that it's simple and easy to do and doesn't take you a ton of time. One of my podcast guest a couple of weeks ago, she had talked about, um, I don't remember the name of the book this came from, but when it came down to like task in your business, it was talking about eliminate, automate, then delegate. So eliminate what you can from your business. Like if you don't absolutely need to be doing something, then eliminate it. Obviously you need to be doing your bookkeeping, so you can't eliminate it. So the next best thing would be to automate it. And so like putting um, a recurring task into your scheduler or something like that that says, hey, on Fridays at nine o'clock, I do my bookkeeping. That's one way to get yourself to get into the habit of doing it, especially if you're doing like a spreadsheet to begin with. That's how I started was with a spreadsheet. And it just got to the point where it was taking me so much time to input the transactions into the spreadsheet that I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way that I can then automate it. So that's when I got into zero. And it does make it so much easier because if you do skip a month, at least the transactions are there in your account and all you got to do is go back and reconcile all of it and check it and do all that good stuff. So I love what you said that you don't need, you don't, you really don't need a bookkeeper to begin with. But once you get past that automation phase and everything's starting to get a little bit more muddy and you need help with those transactions, then you can delegate and actually hire that bookkeeper. So I think that's important for people to note that there's different phases of business for everything that needs to be done. And sometimes you're going to do things yourself. Sometimes you're going to automate it and sometimes you're going to hire it out. So just love how that just kind of flowed with that thought process. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like it's so hard sometimes to even assess, okay, what things do I need to DIY? What things do I need to outsource? And it can be kind of overwhelming to figure out all of those pieces. But again, if you can get this simplified to an hour-ish a month, then that is makes it easier to feel good about your DIYing decision for a little while. And then you'll, I feel like you'll just kind of know, like if things start feeling more complicated, if you start having thousands of transactions a month, that's about time when it's time to delegate, like you were saying, when it's just taking you four, five, six, seven hours a month, then your time really is more valuable used somewhere else. But you'll kind of know where that threshold is, I think, for the most part, once you get a good system in place. And as long as you're keeping up with like, do however you want to do it, like journaling or just talking to yourself or whatever, like knowing what's going on in your business and in your life to, to know when it's time to make a change, whether it's something where you need to get a software to automate something or you need to hire it out. It's just important to know, um, know yourself and your business well enough to be able to make those decisions. 
Yeah. And know your options. I think one of my clients was mm-hmm. she when she came to me, she was trying to do her bookkeeping in the notes app of her phone. <laughs> and so she was just really <laughs> confused because she, that's where she was tracking like what people owed her, who she owed because she worked with she was a hair and makeup artist. So she worked with several other contractors. So she was trying to keep up with who owed her money all in a notes app in her phone. And she was really confused. And I was like, a system is going to help you automate this. And she just didn't even know that that was an option. And so when I showed her, okay, like here's all of the things that it can do for you. She was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And now she loves using, we switched her to QuickBooks and now she loves using it because it's so much simpler than the complicated notes that she was trying to keep in her phone. So yeah, just also knowing what some of the choices are, I think is helpful too. Absolutely. On that topic, can you talk a little bit about the accounting softwares that are available to people? Because I know that there's, like, I know the main ones are probably like Wave, QuickBooks, and Zero. Now, I didn't even know about Zero until about two years ago, and I had, um, I'd had like a VIP day type thing with another accountant to kind of go over my books with me. Um, and she recommended it, and I fell in love with it. It was so simple to use. Um, and I've never looked at QuickBooks though, so I don't know how to compare the two and like what the differences might be. So could you uh, shed a little light on that? Yeah. So those are the three main players right now, Wave, QuickBooks, and Xero. Um, Wave is popular because it's free. And so if you are a pretty simple business, you don't need to run payroll, you just want some of the automation type things that we had mentioned, plus some simple reports. If you don't need complex reports, then that can be a good option for you. Some of the things to consider with it, though, are some people have expressed concern that, well, because it's free at any time, they could just eliminate it or force you to pay for it and not have to give you a ton of notice. So that could put you in a bind if you're middle of the way through the year and you've been doing all your bookkeeping through there. And then all of a sudden you find out it's going to go away one day. I don't know how practical that is for or realistic that is for that to really happen, but it is a concern that a lot of bookkeepers talk about. And then the second thing that I really want people to consider when they're considering WAVE is I work with a ton of bookkeepers and I'm connected to a ton of bookkeepers and almost none of them work with clients that use WAVE. So it is a good system to get used to systems if you're DIYing. However, it's really hard to find a bookkeeper that will work in that one. And so over time, if you... By the time you switch over from a Wave to a QuickBooks or a Zero, it just might not be worth the free version because you're going to be paying for someone to set up a brand new system for you or you're going to be paying in your time trying to figure out that new system um, or you just pay someone to convert it all for you, which can get really costly. So those are just some things to think about. It might be okay for a season, kind of like a spreadsheet, but it's probably not going to be your ultimate system that you end up with because there's not a lot of bookkeepers that work with it. So those are a couple things to consider, but it is a nice free option and will get you used to some of the automation features. So 
a lot of people who are like, I think I might DIY my books forever, <laughs> really like Wave. And um, so that can totally work. And then QuickBooks and Zero are pretty much competitors. They're pretty equal. I would say in the US at least, QuickBooks is still more the household name, but Zero is supposedly well more known internationally. So I think it is gaining traction here in the US and there are more and more bookkeepers moving people over there or working with clients in it, but you're typically going to find still more bookkeeper options with the QuickBooks um, just because it's been around for forever and Zero's a little bit newer, but um, they're both relatively, they, they basically look and feel, well, they have the same features. It's just in different looks and feels. <laughs> So it kind of just depends what works for your brain. I believe you can set up free trials for either. So that's usually my recommendation is just kind of play around with both systems, see which one just works better for your brain. Um, and that will help you with that decision. Or like if you said, if you've kind of scoped out a bookkeeper that you would love to work with one day and they only work in one or the other, then that might help drive your decision too. Um, but both of those will work with you as you get more complicated. So they'll provide you with more complex reports and more detailed reports. You can run payroll through there. You can, um, I believe both have inventory if that's ever applicable to you later in business or just even breaking things down. So like one client I worked with recently was a restaurant. And so she had her restaurant, but also her catering. And so she wanted to be able to see on a project basis all of the income and expenses related to specific projects. So again, just as you get a little bit more complicated, some of these systems can have all of that stuff available to you. Um, and so it's nice to kind of have that from the beginning and then just be able to add the features that you need later versus trying to switch to a new system. I love that. That was really clear. Good. <laughs> So as we're kind of getting towards wrapping up now, do you have any just words of encouragement or advice for other uh, homemakers in business that are struggling with either making a pivot in their business, starting their business all while raising a family? Because I know you're doing this with three and almost four kids and a husband and you've moved recently. So I know you've got a lot of um, a lot of good insight there. Yeah, man, it's hard to summarize into words, but um, I, I just can't believe how different I feel now that I'm in more of what I enjoy doing. And so my encouragement, I think, is just find, you know, keep taking steps to find that sweet spot where people really need you and where your giftings overlap. Um, I feel like for me that has made the time commitment and even just the ideas and the excitement so much more worth. You know, I think sometimes, especially as moms, we can just get so torn between should I really be focusing on business and making money or should I be with my family? And so really finding that thing that is like lighting me up has made it so much more clear, okay, well, this is 
for this season because I'm so excited about it. It's made it so much more worth doing versus a few years ago when I was just kind of feeling blah about everything. And so if you, if it's just been nagging at you, like just take a step. And so I think I've mentioned this too, but sometimes the steps will be a clear no, but that at least helps you get closer to what, where you're trying to go. And so whether it's a yes or a no, you'll feel it, it just won't be lingering in your mind. Like, well, could I do something else or should I do something else? At least you try it and you knew it was a fail. So, um, so my encouragement is just, you know, take that next step, take the time to really figure out where that sweet spot is for you because it's made it, like I said, just so much more enjoyable and worth doing. And I feel just so much more purposeful after finding finding it, figuring it out. And so if you're stuck, my encouragement is just to not stay stuck, is to just take that step to see what else could be the thing. And it doesn't, sometimes I look back and I'm like, it didn't even, it wasn't even that big of a shift, but how I feel about it is such a different shift. And so anyway, I hope that's helpful for someone. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. All right, now let's get into some rapid fire questions that are just some little fun questions I like to ask at the end. So since you did recently move to Alabama, I want to ask, what is your favorite thing about moving here? Like, what have you enjoyed? Oh, man, we have, yeah, we have loved just the like community feel like people have been very welcoming, very, um, yeah, just welcoming and friendly. And that has been really sweet being new because you don't, you never really know like how it's going to be. And like a neighbor still brought us a cake and, you know, just all of those (laughs) sweet things that you're like, is this dead? Um, it was still very much alive. And so that's been really sweet. I love that. Southern hospitality is alive Mm -hmm. and well here. (laughs) Yes. All right. Next, what is your favorite non-work related thing to do? My husband was just asking me this the other day on a date night. So that's so funny. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. I really like reading fun books. I feel like for so long, I tried to just do like all the self-improvement and business and just sometimes my brain just needs a break, right? And so, yeah, especially before going to bed, I love, I like just reading a few pages of a fun book to just kind of wind down. So that, and then taking baths. I've been really into baths lately. <laughs> I love that. I love baths too. I also love reading while taking baths. So those are two yes, great things to exactly. do together. <laughs> <laughs> Works out that they go so, together. <laughs> oh Yeah. That kind of leads me into the next question. What is a book or a podcast or another resource that has helped you either in your motherhood, your faith, business, whatever? Yeah, I've been really enjoying Christy Wright's podcast. Um, She Mm -hmm. has, it's called Get Your Hopes Up. And it just seems like she's speaking to me every time. And I don't know if it's just the season I'm in, but it's just been so encouraging. And she always has fun stories that she ties into her lessons too. And so I feel like it's so much easier to connect with when it's not just like scripture, but it's also, oh, here's a fun like lesson and story that goes with it. Yeah. That's awesome. I've had her podcast saved 
in my podcast app for a while and I haven't listened to an episode yet. So maybe I'll actually do that today after we get off. Yeah. When I just need something kind of a little different, like not business, but not like give me all the practical tips, but I just need like a little motivational encouragement. That's the one I go to. Awesome. I love that. We'll include that in the show notes for everybody too. And so before we let everyone know where to find you, where to hire you and all that good stuff, what does being a homemaker in business mean to you? Yeah, I I like that phrase because I think we can so like segment both things, right? So to me, that means, you know, we we work together. We make the schedule flow together. And I think that's the beautiful thing about running your own business and being able to work from home is that you can like go run a load of laundry real quick in the middle of the day, or you can take a walk and do those like self-care things. And there's that flexibility and freedom to create your own schedule. And so that's what um, I feel very thankful for to be running my own business is just not even like the autonomy of the job tasks, but just how my day gets to look like we Mm -hmm. get to create that. And I think that's a really fun piece of it. That's amazing. I love that definition. Thank you. So finally, let's tell everyone where they can find you, hang out with you, listen to your podcast, all of that. Yeah. So my show is Get Comfy with Numbers. It is everywhere that podcasts are. Um, And then I'm on Instagram at Erica underscore Millard. I have a complicated spelling, so you'll definitely want to look at the show notes for that. (laughs) Um, And then I actually have a free resource. So if you are someone that DIYs your bookkeeping and you're not exactly sure what you should even be doing, like the specific tasks to do when you sit down to do your bookkeeping, I have a free check list that'll walk you through just six simple things to do every month in order to be your own bookkeeper. So you can find that at my website, which is just ericamillard.com. Awesome. I love that. Yes, we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes so everyone can find it real easy. So Erica, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This was so much fun. And I think this will really help um, a lot of business owners who are DIYing their bookkeeping. Yay. I'm so glad. And thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Homemakers in Business podcast. I truly do appreciate you spending your valuable time with me. If you loved today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback seriously means so much to me. If you're ready to take your brand and website to the next level or hire me as your in-house designer for a day, I'd be honored to work with you. You can explore all the details and get in touch on my website at stephanieduke.co. Also, I love connecting with listeners like you. You can find me on Instagram at stephanieduke.co for behind the scenes content and more practical tips. Have a question, suggestion, or just want to say hello? You can shoot me an email at hello at stephanieduke.co. And finally, are you a fellow homemaker in business with a story to share? I'd love to feature you on the podcast. You can apply to be a guest at stephanieduke.co forward slash podcast. All right, until next time, friend.